Welcome to Books on Air, the podcast that tells the story behind the book. It includes insights from authors about how they compose their work, what inspires them, and what they hope you'll take away from their book. Here's your host for this episode of Books on Air, Suzanne Harris. Welcome to the Books on Air podcast. I'm Sloan Fremont, filling in for Suzanne Harris. This is a podcast where listeners get the secret story behind every book. What happens after we die? Where does our soul go? Joining me today is Monica Hartz, author of the book, Dying to Live, The Two Deaths and the One Worth Dying. Based on her profound insight into these provocative questions, Monica tells in her book, Dying to Live, of her own out-of-body and near-death experiences and much more. This book is designed to help you discover your soul's real truth. Monica, welcome to the Books on Air podcast. Yeah, thank you. It's an honor to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to talk to you today. So let's start out by telling the audience a little bit about yourself and what led you to write your book, Dying to Live, The Two Deaths and the One Worth Dying. Okay, yeah, the book is a memoir and also about all my experiences, obviously, of the death, near-death experience and an out-of-body experience. And for me personally, it was like a catharsis because I managed to get all the unexplicable things in my life out on paper and uh, thereby it was like cleansing my soul and hopefully also helping other people who maybe have same the same experiences and can then profit from from what I've learned and my insights to to what have what has happened in my life yeah so do you mind sharing with us your your near-death experience and no um that's fine yeah um it's similar to most people it's um a little different in the sense of that I I felt like I was going through hell before I actually got there because um, my thoughts have been trained to be very negative um Mm -hmm. through my family history and I was um very critical and nervous and fearful the biggest thing was that I had a lot of fears and um, so the suffering I mean it was obviously my own choice to suffer but on the other hand I couldn't change it and I was um, meeting people where I had unresolved problems before I actually uh, got out of my body so to speak and um, so it wasn't like I straight away went into the light and was there, which I would have liked to have done, obviously. But <laughs> um, and now after the experience, it will be a completely different experience because I know what's awaiting me. Yeah. And it, it was just um, difficult to put into words. It was a, a great love, acceptance, light. Um just fulfilling the whole room and it was as if communicating without words Mm. and uh yeah I didn't want to go back (laughs) yeah so so did this happen as the result of like an accident or yeah it was um at my um first daughter's birth I had a Uh c-section and um it wasn't actually the the actual giving birth and C-section, but afterwards um, the the doctors had basically screwed up and left something inside. So I got a um, a, a blood um, a, a, a sepsis. Um, <laughs> sorry, 
sepsis. Yeah, yeah that's uh-huh. Sorry, I lost the word. And yeah. <laughs> getting nervous talking about it because it wasn't very nice. And um, and this is when I was not exactly giving up, but I lost hope and felt this is all going wrong. It's And my body was giving up. And um, then I decided, okay, just let go and leave. Mm-hmm. But I didn't exactly know I was dying. It wasn't like I, I actually realized it. It wasn't the yeah. realization in the brain. It was just happening. And yeah. that was when I left my body. And yeah. And so you had, so after your C-section and the doctor's, clearly made a mistake and left something inside you your body yeah. went into sepsis which i is that where it, it it's basically in poisoned like the blood is poisoned is that exactly yeah exactly. and then you have high fevers and um the body is trying to fight against it all but it's not coping and yeah right and so does this la- did this last for several days and then um, well, the actual near-death experience was like a glimpse of a moment. Okay. Because, um, obviously, something had hooked up, like my heartbeat or something, because the people came in to check on me. But by that time, I was already back. So, it, um, oh. I mean, I didn't speak about it. I didn't say anything to anybody. I was just so um, overwhelmed by everything. Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, because you're in the hospital. You've just had a baby. So that's that's a whole... Yeah. overwhelm right there <laughs> right and then to have a near-death experience because of the mistake of a mistake that yeah. the doctors made and so you 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 had this this moment where you let go it sounds like yeah. and you went yeah. through this this process within the near-death experience that was a um would you you described it i think as like a did you meet the people that you were still yeah uh-huh I- I started meeting people and I was a little surprised because I always thought you meet the people who are already dead. Yeah. But I met somebody who was still <clears throat> alive. And it, as I said, it was an unresolved uh, situation and it was more a big feeling of guilt on my side because I'd let yeah. him down. But when I met him later, Years later, I still had this guilt. Yeah. And I spoke to him and he's like, why? That's long over and done with, you know. Yeah, yeah. For him, it was nothing. And this is why I was saying it's like optional suffering that it was my problem. Yeah. And uh, I put this uh, identity onto me, which was not necessary. Yeah. Wow, this is so interesting. And so I want to go back to what you said, how you met the person who was still alive. So is that like you're meeting like that person's soul or are you meeting their energetic field since they're still alive? Or what is that like? It's the feeling. It's these um, okay. it's the feeling of guilt I had that I'd let him down or mm-hmm. and this this feeling. I couldn't let go of this feeling. Yeah, right, right. It wasn't really him or anything to do with him. It was just the feeling. I see. Okay. Yeah. Um, that you met. Stuck. Yeah. So you're confronted maybe by that part of you with that has that feeling of letting yeah. that person down. And so you're experiencing that and, and you went through that kind of 
um, experience before you felt the, the light and that, that yeah. overwhelming love and all of that. Yeah. And then, and then you come back into your, and could you see yourself? Like, were you above yourself, like in the hospital? I, I, at that time, I didn't see myself above the hospital. That was my out of body experience when yeah. I was but this time it was like going into the light and then I was directly told I had to go back. Yeah. And it, it wasn't like somebody said it. It wasn't like a father or something saying yeah. it, but it felt like it. It felt yeah. like this father figure saying, you got to go back and it's not your time. And it wasn't even a question. It wasn't like I was asked, do you want to go back or not? Yeah. It just it was just clear. And I think everybody will know when it's their time to go. Yeah. And, it, and there was, it was no question. It was just, you got to go back. And I didn't want to. <laughs> right. Yeah. If you're going towards that feeling, that's, that's basically not what we're used to feeling here. Right. That love and that, that total. Well, also, I was going back to a body of pain and suffering. Yeah. yeah. And this is, the I think most difficult situation where you come back to not so nice um yeah feelings yeah yeah and so whose voice do you think that was is that your intuition talking is that god or source whatever people want to call it it really depends what you believe if you believe in god I think it was definitely god speaking Mm -hmm. and um Otherwise, it's this um, collective um, intelligence, or if you want to call it the universe. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that really depends on what you believe. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And so then you come back into your body after having this experience. And I mean, I'm, I'm sure that changed you. How, what was that like then after, and especially after you just had a baby and um, dealing with motherhood and, and that, how, how did you, how were you able to move forward after that? It was really hard. And I must admit, uh, I did also have a divorce afterwards. Okay. Mm-hmm. But that was maybe also because I wasn't speaking about my experiences. I was just um, swallowing it all and keeping it yeah. to myself. And that didn't make things easier. Yeah. Um, but I was just still too afraid. You know, I was brought up to be afraid, the fear of uh, being right and fitting in in society and, yeah, never really feeling this unconditional love from my parents. So it was difficult for me to to open up and just say, um, you know, these paranormal things are happening. And um, that might have caused also the divorce because um, I just felt things were different and my perception was different. Yeah, yeah. So, so little things that would, would annoy my husband, I think, yeah, but that's so irrelevant. You know, you're yeah. worrying about these things that I might have worried about before, but it just seemed so strange and I, I didn't feel like I was in the right place. And yeah. It took me a long time to accept. Yeah. Yeah. And that feeling of going through something like that. Um, I imagine it, you felt probably very alone as well. In, yeah, in, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so maybe if listeners or have themselves or 
maybe know other people who've gone through this, how, what advice would you have for them or how, how are you able to then start talking about this so you could fully process what had happened? Well, I'm hoping with my book, Dying to Live, that I will be able to um, help them in a way and yeah. that the platform, my Facebook platform will um, give a platform for people to exchange their experiences and talk about it and thereby open up the field that this great fear of death is is also resolved a little bit more yeah and spoken about yeah yeah in society yeah and so how do you feel today after what you went through and the processing of it and how it changed your perception how do you how do you deal with it today or how do you um because you mentioned things that maybe used to annoy you, 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 it doesn't really phase you anymore. And you, you know, it kind of seems like why get worked up over that kind of stuff when it doesn't matter. How are you today with what you've experienced? Well, today, um, I try not to be so fearful. It's still a long process because you can't change the hardware so quickly. Yeah. yeah. But, um, uh, I'm not so afraid to express what's happening to me, what mm -hmm. feelings I have. I'm also highly sensitive. So sometimes I might react differently, but I try to explain myself to people. Mm -hmm. And this is new because I used to keep it all for myself. Yeah. And um, that helps. And also I know that, things are coming towards me as experiences and challenges and help and not to, to frighten me or yeah. to scare me. Like it as a child, I'd get freaked out. If I saw something from a past life, I think, why are they showing me this? What's happening? Yeah. And, yeah. Um, now I accept it and, and keep it in a whole as a whole, as part of everything. And not just isolate things and see mm -hmm. it more in a full picture. And uh, yeah. Right. And, and so this sounds like from when you were a child, is that when you started having the out-of-body experiences? As yeah. yeah, as a child, I had an asthma attack. Mm -hmm. And that was when I had my out-of-body experience because they were putting a tube down my throat and trying to, cause I was coughing blood and had this really strong asthma. Mm -hmm. And that was when I was actually watching the doctors. And as a child, I thought it was really fun. I, I didn't actually know what was going on. I thought, Oh, wow, I'm seeing what they're doing and how yeah. interesting. Right. And, um, but later I realized, okay, I was watching, from a different perspective this is where I'm saying that a lot of it is in your head that that this suffering that I was going through was all my beliefs and problems and thoughts that I had accumulated yeah. and even then um, you're watching and you're in this different hemisphere it's like when people meditate or do yoga mm -hmm. you try to get into a different dimension and it's easier for me now because I can I can tap into that and um, and let go easier of problems and thoughts that come in yeah. that still arise. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, yeah. I can completely relate to that 
having that, you know, that thread of fear, like throughout life, right? I think most, most of the listeners can too. It's just how, unfortunately, we were, most of us were brought up. Um, but just so I understand, so an out-of-body experience is different than a near-death experience. Yeah, okay. And yeah. so can you explain those differences? Well, with the out-of-body experience, you're watching from above as if your soul is flying over everything mm-hmm. and you hear everything you know everything but with the near-death experience you actually are leaving earth uh, so to speak you're right. not here anymore you're in a different a different realm right okay and so with the out-of-body experience i guess so i understand with the near-death you're you're going towards the light and you've um and obviously I've never experienced anything like this. That's why I'm so curious to understand. Yeah, it's so fascinating to me. Um, so when you're going towards the light and, and just, um, you know, listening to you talk and other things I've read about, it, it seems like people come back with, um, like you did a different perspective. They come back differently than when they, than, than before, but with the out of body experience is, is the, why does that happen? Is it just to show that yourself that you can do that? Is it because you're, it's easier for you to get in that other state. I think it's trying to train you for this self-awareness, the mindfulness that you be more aware of what's going on and not so intellectually bound. Okay. That, that, that it's broadening your sight or view Mm -hmm. perspective. Mm -hmm. And I think with the near death experience, I, um, sort of reset my soul so that afterwards I wasn't so much connected to my parents every anymore or I wasn't listening so much anymore it was like their advice wasn't it was like growing up in a way yeah okay and I mean I thought it was really interesting because I met somebody from Peru through music and sorry I asked him, well, how, what is it like being so far away from, from your own country and your big family and everything? And he said to me, you know, uh, I'm connected to Mother Earth now. It's not your mother who gave birth to you anymore. After yeah. a certain time, you have to let go and cut the umbilical cord and do your own life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and this is... Uh, yeah, one of the big things, yeah. And I can see that because I think um, it's easy to carry that guilt of whatever we carry from our parents, right? Needing to stay close to them or needing to do what they expect of us or needing to fit in some way in the family structure, right? And in yeah. and, and doing so, kind of what you talked about with those that self-imposed suffering that you had, right. That you uh, choosing to look at something a certain way, maybe, or, cause we all have this, right. We're all doing this. And, and that, that is such a fascinating um, concept to me too. When I, when you really think about that, how we, how some, it, it feels like it's happening to us, but when we start to explore this and understand ourselves and get out of our the head, the thinking head, right. And get into the feeling of, you know, connect the head to the body so that it's working as one unit. When you're, when you see that you start to see the ways that you, um, react to things or, um, filter things or perceive things and how we are 
all interpreting things in a way that is either creating our suffering or not. And that's a choice. And that it's sometimes it's, that's like mind blowing to wrap your head around that, that, that you do have that choice, but like what you've, it sounds like what you found is, you know, how freeing that is to then, you know, it, it changes you, it changes who you are. Yeah. You're not dependent on, well, you see, I was always a pleaser as a child. Mm -hmm. I always wanted to fit in. And as I said before, previously, I never felt that I was quite accepted the way I was because I was different. Yeah. And it's freeing in the sense of that you finally decide to take responsibility for your own life. And you don't listen to what people say. I mean, people were asking me, what do you feel like now that your book's out and, uh, and around? And I said, I, I, I'm, I'm actually, I feel like a bottle with a lid on every now and again. I'll open the lid and, and show my feelings and say, wow. And otherwise I'm trying to keep it low level, not to, because I'm afraid of maybe saying something that was my perspective, which was not their perspective because it's right. so personal. Right. Right. And you know, the interesting thing about that, um, having done podcasts for many years and feeling the same, feeling that what you're just saying, like, I'm afraid I'll say it in a way that not everybody agrees with, or say it in a way that somebody takes it in the wrong way, you know, that I didn't intend. And what I found is that when, just like you're doing, being very open and and being you authentically you, right. There's, and when we can do that and we have no apology for that, right. We're not where we are 100% us when we can get ourselves there. And I know it's not easy because it's something I still struggle with. It's like, that's when everybody, that's when people are like, yeah, that I get that. I get what that person's saying. And people seem to want that because we don't get a lot of that, right. We get these other versions of people who are maybe the one trying to um, do, who knows for whatever reason showing up in various ways, but being like you're saying authentic and, and opening the lid on the bottle, you know, and letting yourself shine is um, that, that kind of, that's what people want. And, that, and congratulations to you for, for writing the book and, and being you. willing to do that. Thank you. It's not been easy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. But like you said at the beginning, how it's, it was very cathartic for you to be able to get that yeah, out and, and share the story. And, mm-hmm. you know, <clears throat> what I also find interesting when people are willing to tell their story and be creative and get the story out there, you never know the ripple effect you'll have in helping other people, right? Maybe people you won't even ever know that you helped, right? But because you were willing to be creative and um, tell your story, write it down, um, you impacted lives as a result. And it's, that's amazing. I think it's, um, it's, it's those things where when we are willing to share our gift, um, how we can help people and contribute to the world. But when we let the fears control us, you know, and keep us small and keep us from doing the things, Mm -hmm. then that's when, um, you know, our story doesn't get to be told and, you know, we're we're just kind of stuck in the same spot. Mm. Yeah. That's the soul's growth. Right. Yes. Yes. Which is so important and so scary. Kind of like you talked about too, right? Because it feels very scary, but um, I don't think any of us came to earth to stay inside our little comfort comfortable box right we <laughs> yeah absolutely and i mean i i'm sensitive to my surroundings and at the moment with this covid situation there's a lot of fear of the unknown of the unpredictable and it really uh, i i notice myself that i 
in certain situations find myself um, worried about why is this structure not working anymore? Why is this changing? And and I have no concerts and panic. And, you know, it's like uh, the whole process of just trusting it'll all be fine. Yeah. And there's a higher purpose. Yeah. And like we talked about earlier about having that choice and doing that, right? We have the choice. Are we going to cause the internal suffering or yeah. are we going to choose to trust? And we always have that choice. Yeah. So what would you like the readers to take away after reading your book? Well, basically you've summed it up very nicely. You <laughs> have the choice to, to choose more affirming um, lives and not life draining depression or, or anxiety um, and that there's always a way out and we're here to live, not to yeah. suffer or yeah. to die every day, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yep. And, um, yeah, this is basically my biggest message and that if people want to speak openly as well, they can use my platform. And I really hope that I've managed to touch some people and, help them on their way as well. Yeah. Amazing. Again, congratulations on the book for writing it. Um, I think we could talk for hours about this. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, our time is coming to an end. Um, before we wrap up, can you let the listeners know how they can find you on Instagram and Facebook? Yeah. My Instagram is Monica with written with a C book underscore 2017 on Instagram. And on uh, Facebook, it's Monica cards at three deaths. Okay, great. And I'll get the links and I'll put those in the show notes so that oh, fantastic. The listeners can find it. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you again, Monica, for joining us today and being our guest on books on air. Yeah. Great. You can find more about the book dying to live the two deaths and the one worth dying on Amazon. And I'll link to the book as well as Monica's social media in the show notes. So be sure to check that out. You've been listening to the Books on Air podcast brought to you on webtalkradio.net. You can also hear this podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. I'm Sloan Fremont, and I hope you'll join us for the next Books on Air podcast. Remember, you never know who's going to be here, and you never know what we're going to talk about. Thank you so much for listening.